What's going on? It's CJ Today Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Hey, we got a new segment called the Race Card Segment, and we bring up weekly news or events that deal with racial issues. As Black Americans, we have a different experience on being American. So we want to share this a little more frequently with you guys, especially that we have an international audience. Uh, we appreciate you, international upgraders. Thank you very much. Like, share, subscribe. We will be using racial slurs and profanity like normal just to illustrate points on some of these topics. So be aware of that. Definitely advise you do not use this in mixed company unless you personally know the people. But the safest thing is just don't use the N word, basically. Um, It saves you a lot of headache and safety for safety reasons. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks very much. Peace. Talking politics, it's realer than ever. Can't run better when it is 2020. Who call the shots? Running rock, give them all you got. Send them prayers up, know the Lord got you. Light us up, cause the hood got you. America, we need your support too. America. Hey, 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 yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What's up, world? I'm Cameron Ra, host and executive producer of Upgrade America, greatest show on earth. Got an ice cold can of Lysol here. About to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. So, to all you upgraders out there, I shouldn't have to tell you, but don't drink or ingest this stuff. Contrary to, uh, you know, what the sitting president is saying, the only thing you should be using Lysol for is to spray the bathroom down after your girlfriend takes a giant shit like the rest of us. Oh, damn. You doing it like that? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, now nah, we got a really great show. I'm, I'm pleased to be joined by CJ, the day slayer, the, the man with the soul stone. What's <laughs> happening, man? What, how, how's life on your side, man? What's, what's good? I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm good. Grateful. And yeah, we doing this thing. Shout out to IG Live. I got y'all rolling. Yo, shout out to Facebook. Shout out to IG. You know, we're on multiple platforms, multiple streams. But yeah, this is great. So, um... What are we talking about today? I know we got a lot on the agenda. Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to run down real quick. Okay. Um, We got international story, Kim Jong-un. We got to talk about that one. We got race car topics of the week. New segment we're incorporating. We're just getting right into it because not everything is rainbows and Skittles out here. True indeed. We're going to talk about TikTok racism. I've been seeing Mm. it. We've been seeing an increase of these incidents on TikTok. Um, let's see, we got African and African and Chinese relations. So you got it in China mainland, and then well, not necessarily mainland, but in China, and then also within Africa too, dealing with the Chinese. Yes, so indeed. that's an interesting dynamic. We also have people called the cops on black women for playing golf. That's part of our race card of the week. What's up, Anthony? 24K. Uh, we got, let's see, a man killed by the cops for wielding the bat. But we don't really know the context of what happened there, but we're going to discuss it. I understand Main- he had okay. mental health issues. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's hard to say, but we can, yeah, we'll tackle that a bit more in depth. 
Uh, main topic of the week: What is the middle class of 2020? We're going to discuss that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about, is there a vaccine already for Rona that we don't know about? We have some rumors from the White House coming out. Well, um, let's see. CDC has tainted Rona tests. We're going to talk about that. States filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, that's wild. States are filing for bankruptcy. Like, what happens when that when a state goes bankrupt? Like, these are things we'll have to discuss, too. And let's see, we got U.S. using drones to police citizens. We talked about it. This is how it starts. Yeah. But, but I would say that the headline for the week is Obama's third term. Like, yes. We, we, we're going to tell you how that could happen legally, lawfully, and, uh, you know, constitutionally. And just a little thought experiment, something to explore. But, yeah, that's going to be fun to discuss. But uh, anything else we got before we uh, kick off the show? Uh, we got, uh, let's see, U.S. Air Force, of course. Yeah. Talking about treating this like normal until we get too normal. It's talking about the Rona. So they're going to keep things in place while this all gets settled out. Cool. So um, that's, um, that's what we got on the list? Yes. Anything else? Oh, yeah. America stops immigration for 60 days. So I oh. forgot about that one. I'm sorry about that. Well, um, you know, we want to check on everybody out there. Thanks for watching, hanging out with us. It's hard times, you know, but we are getting through it. And uh, there's some talk of the end in sight. So, you know, we got to stay optimistic, stay turned up. And in the meantime, enjoy the show. You know, but if anything's on your heart or your mind and you, you want to discuss it, by all means, hit us up. We can uh, talk about it on the show now going live and direct. Um, yes. Any shout-outs, CJ? Hmm? Any shout-outs? Oh, my cousin Monique. She said, Chinese are racist. What's going on? There is crazy. And where's the Black Caucus at? I guess in Congress. Hmm. Shout out Anthony24KT. He's awesome. I like some of his content. He does real estate and talks about uh, investments and money. And shout out to US Raven who joined earlier. My homeboy from Moody Air Force Base, first duty right. station. Sweet. So, yeah, let's jump into the international story, man. All right. And, and um, I, I was getting ready to sing, like, ding dong, the dictator's dead. But. We don't really know if he's dead or not. There's a rumor that's going on and much speculation that Kim Jong-un has, uh, has died during a, a heart surgery or a heart surgery complication Saturday night. And for, for those who don't know, Kim Jong-un was or still is the, the leader of North Korea, the supreme leader of North Korea, if anything, because he runs a dictatorship. But... The possibility that he may have met his demise is shocking. You know, you don't wish death on anybody, but you know, at the same time, his death has the potential to change a lot of things within North and South Korea, the United States, and, and arguably the world. So what are yeah. your thoughts on that, CJ? I am torn because as you both know, that's how we met was in South Korea. So we have a very special place with this topic, uh, with the Korean culture as well. Yes, indeed. Um, 
when I heard it, I was like, what? You know, like, really? But then I thought, my brain kind of went all over the place. It was like, okay, is this an assassination attempt? Is this propaganda? Like, is this psychops? Stuff like that. So. And I'm kind of thinking that as well, because yeah. if. Um, do you remember the, the North Korean propaganda videos? Vaguely. Like, like central intelligence gets or like our intel and then they, we, we would watch them but they had like guys hanging off of helicopters shooting targets hitting all their targets oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I vaguely remember and everything like that and while it was ridiculous to us this is the only tv that north koreans have access to is north yeah. korean propaganda so they believe all of that stuff and um here, here's the thing with symbolism and everything like there's nothing more symbolic or or would deify the man if he were to return from the dead you know like oh the great leader is dead oh now he's back from the dead and all that stuff did you hear about him um taking some summit to like the mountain in uh north korea some religious mountain there no yeah this happened like last year and they made a big deal about like cnn was covering everybody i'll see if i can find a, a clip from that but okay. uh I'm not too sure what to make of this right now. I'm just watching it unfold, but I would not be surprised if it was spun that angle. But do you know who his successor is? Isn't it his sister? I thought he had another brother as well. I believe he has a brother. From what I'm hearing right now, they're saying, or analysts, experts, what have you, are saying 90% sure that it would go to Kim Yo-jong. And this is his sister. Uh, she was educated in Switzerland knows a little ballet no one really knows her her real age but she's estimated to be in her early 30s so she was in charge of propaganda and protecting and enhancing her brother's reputation so again Mm -hmm. as you mentioned about propaganda and its use in north korea it's a real big thing she was kind of running the show she called out uh south korea for like not wanting to participate in the live fire exercise with them she pretty much called them pussies or something like oh, wow. you guys don't want to participate in the live fire exercise like you cowards or something i don't find that exact quote and so i don't uh misconstrue what she's saying but yeah how do you think this is going to impact north korea i was saying that he did die oh if he did die she would take over and we don't we don't know what she's like, but based on just looking at her, mm-hmm. just off of first impression vibes, she's probably more ruthless than he is. Now, and, why would you, what, how did you draw that conclusion? I don't know, like pictures tell a thousand words and mm-hmm. I'm, that's my favorite medium is photography. But just looking at her, not knowing anything about her, I just looked at the picture and I was like, hmm. Not sure. And then knowing that uh, Korea is pretty much traditional and was it patriarchy? Am I saying that right? Right concept? As in, as far as like, uh, like men ascendancy through, uh, yeah. through the family? Yeah, like I'm just saying, like, is patriarchy still a thing in, in Korea in general? I know as their culture, yes. Mm. But in 2020, I don't know. But Coming from that angle, she would be a. I feel like she would be a lot more ruthless because she has plenty to prove as being a woman dictator. Mm, that's true, and um, you know the whole wrestle for power and just people 
not liking being uh, ruled by women, you know, she'd I could see that she would have to be hard as nails just to prove to people like, yo, don't don't fuck with me. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not too sure what to expect. Um, they say better the devil you know than the devil you don't. <laughs> True. Now, when we were in Korea, 2004, I do believe Kim Jong Il was still alive. Yes, he was actually. Was uh, yeah, the yeah, he actually did. I was there when he did a live fire nuclear munition test underground, and we all got recalled back, like all sloppy drunk, like yo. They're firing me off in North quick, Korea. Quick question. You did a two-year tour or one-year tour? Because well, I got there in March of 05. I did a 14-month tour. because Okay, of my that's why. Cause you, you mentioned 04 a couple times. I'm like, I remember yeah, you in 05. I'm going to say I got there late 2004. Okay, I got Nah, because I'm thinking I went to, I got to Aviano in 2008. I could be wrong. I don't know. I got, I got to Germany in 2006 for the World Cup. So. Nah, I was in, uh, I was back in Kunsan in 2009. Uh, okay, gotcha. Either way, yeah, I know I got there 2004. Okay. Late 2004. But yeah, they did that. His pops did the nuclear munitions test underground that was a big deal violation of treaties and everything now kim jong-un he was firing rockets like mad rockets hitting japan uh shipping boats and stuff like that that was kind of in a violation but not as bad as detonating a, a live tactical nuclear weapon underground so i only mentioned that to say that it seems that kim jong-un was less radical than his father so who could say that uh, Miss, I don't want to butcher her name, Kim Young Jung, who's to say she, she might not be uh, nicer or, or, or open to diplomacy? I don't know. Another question, well, another thing to consider, I'm kind of laughing thinking about this. They're both millennials. Mm, true. <laughs> so, so that's a little interesting. Hmm. Well, that's something to consider. Like I said, like, People don't realize how much weight that um, the two Koreas hold. Like they're very powerful nations. Like North Korea has the biggest special operations force in the world. Yes. Like seventy percent of their military is special operations forces or soft forces, as yeah. as we refer to them in the Rock Republic of Korea. Yeah, ROK. You know what I mean? Oson, baby, Mustangs. Yeah. But nah, it's like, there's, now there are, um, man, and I, I wish I could throw some names out, but I, I recall hearing that America does not want a unified Korea. 
I was just about to ask that. What do you think about a unified Korea? I am very curious what that would look like in the world, to be honest. I mean, you always want peace, right? You always want cooperation between nations. Like, I, I do remember, like, didn't North Korea and South Korea do, like, joint something for the Olympics? Like, they were represented as one nation? Something like that. They've been making steps towards unifying Korea. I'm sure they would love to unify Korea if you really think about it. But you really got to consider. So... North Korea's, I don't want to say their military might, but they, they, they have an army, essentially. They have a very big army. I, I, perhaps we should look up those stats. But combining that with South Korea's, like, technical ingenuity, like yes. Samsung, well, I loathe the Android devices. Like, Samsung is their, their very powerful uh, technology firm in Korea. Yeah. Um, Daewoo and LG and, and other emerging industries in Korea, but... The combination of the two, I don't want to say it would be a superpower. What do you think? You think they would be? Yeah, you gotta. Oh, yo, you're right because North Korea has nukes, and then you you mix that into the into the equation. Yeah, they could very well be a a, a superpower. They would overnight. Because. wasn't there some sort of a treaty or, or U.S. advisory that South Korea couldn't have nukes? Maybe. Because they don't have sure. it in the arsenal. And, well, or, or, or we don't know about it. Or we've been, you nah, know, we went yeah. out with them as... Nah, man. They, nah, you think so? I'm not buying it, dude. Like, it's hard. It's hard to hide. Granted, we, out, granted, granted, the United States has lost like over thirty nuclear munitions, <laughs> but Oops. like it's hard. To, it's hard to hide those. It's hard Is to it? hide the. De- it's hard to hide the development of those. Okay, well. that, so, that's. I don't know, man. Like I said, the, I know Israel is like we may have them, we may not, but I, our guys know that they have them. You know, yeah. our guys know that they have them. I don't know. It's, it's it's a weird subject. I, I wish for the best. I want peace in the Middle East and the whole wide world. <laughs> and at the same time, I, I wish uh, Mr. Oon a, a swift recovery if, if he is, in fact, alive. You know, but maybe he'll have a change of heart. Pun intended. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> now, one, one other thing. Like, they would surpass Japan. Oh, that, if they became that, unified overnight, they surpassed Japan right there. And you gotta think, like they have um they both have significant military forces. The north and the south. So like I said, it'll be a very interesting and what other year but this weird twenty twenty. Uh, like that occur, you know? But yo. Know. Who could say? Like I said, I wish him a swift recovery and, you know, Godspeed to his sister if she takes the reins. I don't know if I would want that job. Could you imagine all the treachery and and everything that's going on and backstabbing and and whatnot, like trying to hold on? What's a way to quell it than unify with the South? Mm. Instantly, you'd be like, yo. Peace toss. We about to unify Korea. No, I not mean. for nothing. Like, what is your who's your who's your enemy then? Because right now both sides are training to like that is their main 
North, South Korea doesn't care about Japan. South Korea is hardly concerned about China. North yeah. Korea, they have a, a good relationship with China. So their own enemy, the only enemy is like they're each other. So to unify them, well, maybe they would save some money on their defense budgets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe they hold on. Like the only bad thing is if they're like, yo, they get on their imperialism. Like we're unstoppable. Like with our forces, our powers combined, take Japan. I don't think they'd have a chance against. Uh, well, I don't know. Do you think they train harder than the Chinese? Than the Chinese or the Japanese? Which one? Than the Chinese. Mm. Uh, China has a big military. I don't think they train that hard. Mm. That's one know. thing that it was analyzed that they don't they don't like shoot as much as we do. The morale and how do you say discipline of their troops isn't like the United States military or mm-hmm. or, or North Korea's for that matter. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be very fascinating. And then how do you like once this is my thing too? Hearts and minds. We always talk about this. Mm-hmm. Once you open up North Korea and they get a hold of all this information and just basic needs like food all this stuff that's a game changer bro like i'm just thinking about their population like you i get was thinking to- that too because was, i was just you, you we're on the same wave because you know how uh remember all the city like seoul very condensed i i want to say it's uh the population of Seoul, I don't recall. It might be 9 million, 11 million people. I'll look it up real quick. But if they had more land, because the land in the north is not being utilized. Exactly. Know? So you would be able to spread those millions out. I don't know. I think oh, it'd be a, a unified Korea would be a very interesting uh, case study. So estimated at a, almost 12 million. Okay. So it's like... 11.5 million. It's densely populated though. It's like tower, yeah. towers for days. Like towers, apartment towers as, as far as the eye can see. Crazy though, man. But yo, you got any um, closing remarks on, on um, Unified Korea? And, uh... Nah, I would, in, like, you know me. The geopolitical side of me would love to see it because I want to mm-hmm. see what happens after that. Our relationship with Korea, now that they're unified, they don't need us anymore, technically. And that's what I totally would foresee as well. Like, boop, American forces would get the boot. And yeah. right, we did give tactical command over to the Korean, to the ROC commanders. Like, it used to be like you'd have a, a a United States military officer who would pretty much be driving and steering the war. Even Korean forces. You'd have the guys like, yo, Korean forces, I need you to flank the enemy on here, hit us with some air power. But now the ROC command has, now I don't know if they have just supreme authority over their own forces or if they have authority over American forces, which I doubt it. I don't think we would ever give command to, uh, tactical command to, to foreign commanders. But I don't know. Like I said, 2020 has been a hell of a year, man. Very interesting. Who you telling? We only whoever's have- writing this one. <laughs> Bravo! Throw in some some nice things though, you know. <laughs> this story interesting. All right, you ready? So Next yeah, time. we got a new segment coming out called the race card, and, and more or less, you know, there's racial issues. We don't want to like 
put them in a jar and bottle it up till February and release it upon Black History Month. Like, this is something we're going to do that's reoccurring because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of racial issues that we have to address. And uh, CJ had a great discussion. There's a quote that I'm going to read uh, to lead off this, this, uh, this topic. So Edson Laguerre, he posted, to be African-American is to be African without memory and American without privilege. Let that marinate. To be African-American is to be African without memory. And I'm assuming it's meaning like, you know, we don't have memory of, of our roots, nor, you know, prior to Ancestry.com, we, we didn't even know what countries we came from. We were just this ambiguous blob of, of, of culture and heritage. And then he's saying an American without privilege. And that leads into your, your question, where I, I do believe you're saying, do, uh, do African-Americans, do black people have rights? in the 21st century or do you like paraphrase that wrong i mean it doesn't matter it kind of falls all together um yeah we're thinking what was it that sparked this we're talking about something i don't know what it was we're discussing either the podcast coming up for this week or Mm -hmm. something and i thought about it i was sitting there it was on my walk and i was oh you know what it was it was about all the people protesting about opening up America. Okay. And I was thinking about the treatment that I was witnessing for those white Americans, for the most part. I'm not saying there's not other groups out there, but predominantly white Americans yes, are at their uh, state's capital protesting. And I thought about it. I said, well, what if black people did that? How would that work? How would that play out? And I said, I don't think it would play out very well. And then it got Jay, me. Jay Racist Hoover would turn in his grave and be like, <laughs> hovering around the FBI, like, you need to label them as terrorist groups. They're the biggest threat to America. But I, I, I believe that's how it would be perceived. Like, even though they were peacefully assembling with weapons, like what, what we see in Michigan and, and Virginia and what have you, there yeah, what, didn't I'm seem too. to be uh, any type of. Um, there was no negative stigma attached to it. Like, yeah, sure, there are people who were saying, hey, it's bad, they shouldn't be, they should be at home. But I dare say if it was a bunch of black people with guns, like, it would be spun. The media would would, would, would spin that uh, every which way. So the really quick over, over, uh, overview, sorry, is uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. Okay. The- are really for us after slavery, Mm. black Americans. So 13th is basically abolish slavery, except when you go to prison, then you're a slave again. But they left that little wiggle room in there. Um, 14th amendment is basically giving us our citizenship, our birthright to America, right of residence, basically. And the 15th amendment is our right to vote as black Americans. So those three amendments, we had to get Congress, really think about this. We had to get Congress to say, hey, yes, you guys are citizens, even though we've enslaved you forever. We'll give you this. get it written in black and white. <laughs> oh, I see what you Written in paper. Like, you know, yeah, we, we acknowledge you as humans. Like, 
<laughs> even though this uh you know this antiquated document said all men are created equal it's uh things that like that that lead me to believe that america was stillborn dead upon conception dropping bars okay Cameron Rock yeah that that, that is a, a song that I'm, I'm gonna be dropping soon but it's like Rona came out I'm just like I'm gonna hold off on on delivering that fire so you know we, we get out of this fucked up for us but yeah but that is uh it is wild that it, it came to that you know and, and even today it's um I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit moved because it's like Maybe it's I'm older, maybe I'm more aware, but it just seems like racism is making a comeback. Uh, I won't say this is, I will challenge that. I will say it's not making a comeback, it's just on full display. And everybody can see it. Now do you think it's because of social media? like Twitter, Absolutely. Twitter? Without question, the internet's been a great equalizer. In a sense, I mean, as a double-edged sword, you get to mm-hmm. see some violence against Black Americans. But at the same time, you expose, there's no disputing that this stuff happens that we've been saying for all these shit centuries at this point. So, I don't know. I, I think it's- a little perturbed that they're classifying black separatists as hate groups. Yeah. Because it's like, sometimes I feel like a black separatist because it's like, I'm like, well, damn, like, the Chinese don't like us. White people don't like us. Like, to some extent, there's places in Africa that don't really like African Americans. I imagine, but it's like maybe, maybe they do need a, a black state. You know, like since it seems everywhere you go, people hate us. But, Somebody, I've heard uh, references to that. We're the only group without any permanent allies. Mm. except for civil rights or something like that which is part of our culture which people don't realize people ask well what is african americans culture our, our culture is equality and justice that's our culture that's striving, so striving, striving for that notion exactly. that we haven't we haven't uh obtained nope. It yet nope so i don't know but to segue into our next topic, you got any last remarks or? Nah, man. Like I said, then that that's will be a good segue. Like I said, it's, it seems that black people are hated all around the world, and I get it in America. I'm like, we don't have, man, we don't have free labor anymore. You guys are our slaves. We're mad. Like, bitch, you brought us here in the first place, asshole. Like, <laughs> but China? Like, why? Why is China hating on on African people? Like. I see it's it's coming out. It's getting a lot of exposure because of coronavirus. Like people are actually going. Uh, reporters are more reporters are going out there. They're throwing Africans onto the street. They're evicting them. Like doing all types of injustices. And then it's um, did you send me that video with Chinese? Uh, what Chinese people think about Africans or something like that? And they're saying all this crazy yeah. shit like, oh, they rape all the women and like the dicks are too big and. Like, it's just like, bang, 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 after, you know, they're done. Like, yeah, it was pretty, I was, it was shocking to see all that racism coming from uh, from China. Because mm-hmm. like, typically it's like, I don't know how it is down south, but like up north, like, there's Chinese in the hood. 
Like they got the the Chinese. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's nationwide. The, nationwide. Uh, you know, you, they got the hair spots, the nail spots. Like they're in the hood. Like they're always yeah. mingled with African Americans. African Americans are putting a lot of money into their pockets. So it's like the the hate on us. Like I'm not too sure. But tell me what's going on TikTok. I got the, I downloaded the app. I never logged onto it. <laughs> but what's what's going on TikTok with with China and, and racism? TikTok, quick quick history. Origins of TikTok is Chinese. It's a Chinese-based mm-hmm. app. But they had to they uh, merged with Musically. I remember my niece using this. Mm-hmm. That was like TikTok before it became TikTok to us in America. Okay. So I think that was created in India. So I think TikTok bought Musically. And then did some tweaking because you know there's censorship in China, so they yeah. can't do everything in China. So they had to make it to where Americans could use it, because we can use everything freely for the most part. So, but there's still some concerns about China using it to spy on American citizens. Exactly. That's Which, subject. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. But definitely, yeah, the amount of users on there, and India is the leading group using it. It's like okay. It's like it's like total is like 800 million users of TikTok, and India is leading that charge. I looked up some quick stats real quick. Interesting. But um, oh yeah, TikTok was created as we know it in August second, 2018, is when it came like the U.S. markets like fully whole. But the thing that been raising my antennas about this is the racism that's been going on on TikTok between rap lyrics and you. Cam and I go back and forth about this one, but it's been giving people a license to do karaoke and say like racial slurs. And you've been seeing people black facing and like all these kind of things that have been in our community since basically the US was born for the most part, always being ridiculed. Shoot, in Europe too. I mean, this spreads to everybody. The black faces thing is, is one thing. But mm-hmm. again, I, I pose the, the philosophical question. Mm-hmm. A white person with a Confederate mm-hmm. flag on or whatever, or, or whatever subtle uh, racial symbols, you know, goes on and they sing a rap lyric that's riddled with N-words. Is that mm-hmm. racist? To some if people. It is, then I dare say, yo, musicians, rappers, quit doing that shit. Because you're... you're it, it, it's it's really frivolous when you're saying these people can say it, these people can sing my my lyrics, but these people can't. Like you're you're creating a bit of a conundrum there. So I, I have no I have no sympathy on, on that. Like that's that we need to change our culture so it's not abused. That's it's yeah, that one's complex, bro. That's all I can say because the music I enjoy has it in there. I'm not even gonna front sugarcoat it like Oh, I don't like get it wrong. There are a lot of yeah. talented artists that, that do use that language. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, um, I, I really would like to dive deep in and just break that down and do some more research. But it's so idiotic to take a word that was used to oppress and beat down our people for centuries. And then you just be like, I'm going to drop the ER and put an A and it means something good now. That's stupid. And like I said, like, 
people would be like, "What's up, my nigga? I'm I'm nobody's nigga." Like, yeah. we can find a better way. What's up, my G? What's up, my brother? We can find a better way to address one another than than that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't cry to me. Don't bitch to me because you know somebody in, in, with a swastika is rapping jig of my nigga. I don't care. Yeah. I would say this: the another conundrum. It's gonna be kind of funny, but most of the people that buy the albums and buy the tour tickets are white. Yes, they are. Races, so it puts you in a conundrum. Like, uh, I don't want y'all saying this, but at the same time, y'all like my biggest customer. So it's 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 not. But here's the thing: it's because they want to see us like that. They want. They live their life, but they want a taste of the slum of the hood. And they want to hear that language. They want to see us like that in that position. And that's that's what they like. That whole oh, like I'm, I feel like a thug, like a gangster, like I'm saying nigga and, and, and bitches and, and jewelry and ice. Like come on, yeah. Like, that's um. They said slippery slope, but I have no sympathy. Like change your culture, change yeah. your. Music. Um. Another thing is. I'm with you on this. Why would why would China be racist against blacks when we're not really even over there in that area, except for maybe military or travel or not maybe something? I don't think there's any military bases in China. No, no, not military. I'm saying we're in the Pacific with military. So eventually oh, I, we're going to travel to China at some point. No, because- when I, I went to China... Like mm-hmm. you gotta get a visa. You gotta hit them up ahead of time. You can't just pop up. Man, listen. Yo, yes. what's up? You gotta have that visa. But I did not experience. I got some strange looks, you know. But nothing like people didn't treat me bad. No one said anything. So I haven't experienced that. And maybe that's why it was a shock for me when I heard yeah, I when I heard about that. And, but and it's the the audacity is it's like. You know, there's a small concentration of Africans in, in China, but there's a big concentration of Chinese in Africa. Mm-hmm. And so Africa has opened doors, opened floodgates for them to do business with oil, gold, like all the structures. Yeah, infrastructure, things of that nature. So you familiar with AFRICOM? African yes. Command? Mm-hmm. So, my um when i was taking the world politics class you know it was, it was a retired admiral he worked at the white house i loved like his his lectures but he was pretty much broken down like africom the reason why the united states military had africom is to counter the chinese presence because the chinese are developing a huge presence in africa and the american presence was very small so africom is there to build relations because you already know Africa has all the wealth. They got the gold, the diamonds, the oil, yeah. all that. Yeah. Like all this paper money, all this digital money is, is it's, it's it's ethereal. It's not real, you know. But Africa has real wealth. China sees that, and they all up in there setting up shop, doing doing things of that nature. And all I'm saying is, if you can't treat the few Africans in in China right, then yo, like Africa, you should you should kick the Chinese out, you know, and then. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but it, it's it's a bit frustrating seeing uh, that going on in uh, around the world. Could you make the argument that China is basically colonizing Africa like Europe has done in America as well? I would say they're doing it more delicately. Mm-hmm. 
Because um, I was reading like some of the terms for these deals, sort of like just overall, and like you lock this in. It's kind of like how we locked in our Air Force bases, mm-hmm. like nine-year leases and shit. Same concept. Ninety-nine-year leases. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. China's not just doing that in Africa; they're doing it all around the world. But it's like, here's the thing: they're going under the guise of of transportation. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna set up this port here, this transportation port here. Oh, did I mention that Chinese military ships would be docking here? And you know, so it's um, colonialism in Africa. Yeah, I can totally see that. And having ninety hundred damn near hundred year leases on it that's something to consider yeah like the financial that's where it would get legally uh kind of messy like if africa did so decide to boot the chinese out and violate these these leases and these treaties you know i think um a nigerian leader i read it somewhere was like reconsidering he's he he just came into power or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's looking at a deal with the chinese and what's going on he's looking at like well fiscally this don't make sense for us so he's changing the deal like hey listen like i'm not trying to do no 99 year thing we gonna we might do 15 to 30 years or 20 years that would make more sense but it's like at the same time from the chinese perspective to build billions of dollars of infrastructure only to be used it probably wouldn't be paid off in 10 years yeah i get their part there how they are with that but yeah from the african's perspective as well this is typical uh this is from the playbook of economic hitman it's like yo let me put some it sounds like it's a sweet deal it's really not it probably won't benefit your country at all but like it's in the interest of of a certain nation and i was also reading that the chinese are forcing people to learn mandarin there like on the african population interesting Um, yeah like stuff like that um no another thing what makes me concerned about this law mm -hmm. (laughs) when they're teaching these guys mandarin and so it's like africa's right across the ocean the atlantic ocean from us Mm -hmm. so you're talking about china right now long-term deployment Long range appointment, rather, to yeah. uh, if, if they ever wanted to threaten the United States, to do so from Beijing would be difficult without the use of intercontinental ballistic missiles. But when you have this hub, this military hub in, in Africa set up with East Coast, West Coast, what have you, they're real, they're closer, dangerously close to, to America. I would say the counteraction for that. And that's a real threat, what you described, but Europe is heavily entrenched in Africa, so they, their antennas are always going to be up, mm. along with us being there. Trust me, you already know, we watching everything. Yeah, but our resources you don't see are everything. significantly limited on the sure. African continent. Right but now. not Europe. Yeah, I agree with you on that. We got troops in Europe. That's what I'm uh-huh. saying. Europe is fully entrenched in Africa more than anybody. Mm, you, very, you raise a very valid point. Well, uh-huh. If they were to uh, turn their backs on America and join forces with China, I want to. We got this thing with Europe, like we do. We, have we got, we got this, uh, this president in office. He's like pissing off all the leaders. Like, 
But you got to think there's factions within Europe too that agree with the president. Mm. You see in the rise of extremists in all these European countries again, True. that was more hidden just like America, same concept. So overall, the TikTok racism, yeah. was that? the one story that popped, it was in Florida. Uh, I think it's like Port St. Lucie area. It's called Indian County, Florida, somewhere down there. But it's a guy, he was SWAT and his wife, and they were making like doing songs with the word nigger in or whatever, but they were acting out stuff, basically being racial. And this guy was in uniform using a sheriff county's vehicle, all this kind of stuff. And they got disciplined to a degree. They had to take everything down. But they had so many views from it, like viewers just on the page alone. Um, I think it's a little disturbing when you have, I'm not saying law enforcement and government agents are not people too. Mm-hmm. But when yeah, like uh, yeah, that's a, he had pictures of him in uniform and everything. I think so. That's like almost like what, allowing him to do that is almost like that law enforcement agency is endorsing whatever the hell he's saying. Exactly. And that's why it's very dangerous. And, and you know, as military members, we know that shit. They brief us off the rip. Like, don't do All that. They're like, yo, we can't even go to certain establishments in yep. uniform, let alone yep. act a fool on camera saying all types of uh, obscenities and, and whatnot. But um, I, I really hope he was severely reprimanded. I don't think so, obviously. Um, like, oh, boy, Bob, you're at it again. Slap on the wrist with a wet noodle. Yeah, <laughs> so like, slide, man. pretty Ooh. much the other part of TikTok racism, this article raised an interesting point. Because of even though we have we're in the age of information, it shows how ignorant we still are, including the youth, because they use TikTok the most. I think it was like maybe thirteen to twenty-four or something that demographic. You're right. A lot of my uh, my nieces, nephews, you know, like they're they're they like TikTok. And the interesting thing it showed, it showed what this article said was it showed how segregated we still are in America because mm-hmm. these kids saying slurs and, you know, living the black experience, like you said, trying to enjoy it and like get that excitement out of it. Um, it shows how far we have to go, even with the young generation, which also raises the question, what are they being taught at home? Well, then there's that. If there I mean, something else to consider it's like, what can you do about that though? The state, if this, what what can the state do about? Because you know the 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 mind of a child is, is very susceptible. Yeah, sponges. Um, Mom always said that. Until you're, you're absolutely right. They're sponges. They absorb absorb everything. I do believe it's up to like the age of seven, and that's where the hardcore indoctrination, hardcore training, and and, and things of that nature occurs. And to implant those seeds, you know, and, and let the, those poison trees grow in, in young kids' minds. What can you do about that? Because it's so hard to, to reverse. It's so hard to, to, to get that out once it's already in. And I don't yeah. have, I, 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 to, to quote my, my, the late great Uncle Wayne, he always said like, there's a solution for every problem. But uh, I, can't, uh, I can't think of how a, a state 
could intervene with uh, such things being taught in the home. And well, if it were, they would be intervening on some sort of rights. And that's uh, the The only, only thing we discuss as a Black History Month is mm-hmm. to make our history year round like everybody else's in America. Like basically white history. Like our history is American history. Basically. Mm-hmm. It's not just Black history. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things we can do. And if you're starting this education from K through 12, mm-hmm. I think that would help mitigate a lot of it or at least a good percentage. And then it's up to the parents to expose their kids to culturally different things, have culturally different friends and learn like what's you appropriate. You can't mandate that. No, but you can mandate learning history. You can change the curriculum. You can mm-hmm. do that. Maybe not mandate it, but you can incorporate it in there. I'm it's way for changing the curriculum. I agree with that. But it's like, even they mentioned in New York City has some of the most segregated schools. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> you have that. And then I'm sure that occurs down south and all across the nation too. So yeah. you have this segregated, isolated concept of, you know, of different cultures more or less it's like there are archetypes of different cultures like there are white people who, who think black people are like this cardboard cutout of, of a person and vice versa you know and, and it's because there's a lot of separation I don't know how to, how to address that man I really don't I don't know it, it takes a communal effort I can put it that way um, oh, I did think of something. I mean, like uh, this whole distance learning thing. Like, what if? And God forbid this Corona thing doesn't go on forever. What if it did, and kids were resorted to online schooling? What if all kids had the same lectures? It was the same teacher, and then you would just have little helpers, like help you and check up on you along the way. But it's still not going to feed the interaction. It would ensure that everyone's getting the same quality of education, like Mm -hmm. across the state, but it really wouldn't ensure that everyone's interacting and mingling together. That's, yeah, that's kind of difficult to. Yeah. It has to, it has to go by states, you know, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, something to consider, but. So why should states be held to a universal standard? That's another thing. Any absolutely. state be lower than be like, oh, don't go to Mississippi. Like they're dumb down there, and I'm not hating on Mississippi. I'm just picking out a random state on my last. Yeah. Like, well, South Carolina, no, I can't, I can't everyone is has a, a, a as proposed by uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Everyone has access to a great education. Can yeah. we do that? Um. So <laughs> we got, we got a couple more topics. So that's our Africa China thing going on. TikTok. Uh what was the article about black women got the cops uh, okay. going too yeah, slow? So this is pretty wild. So there's a group of black women that are at a country club and I guess the manager came out and said they're playing too slow. I don't know mm-hmm. if uh, any of our upgraders out there golf. I did it a couple of times. It's fun. It's a difficult game. And if you're new to it, you're gonna move slow. Like, you literally got to keep hitting this little ball into a little hole, you know, with, with a stick. And if it goes into the dirt, into a sand trap, you got to hit it out of the sand trap until you get it in there. So it's a difficult game. 
So Getting off me. That's it. And I like driving. That's it. Driving is fun. I'm a big fan of top pull. That's yeah. a, that's where you're hitting little balls into big holes. I had a lot of fun doing that. It's a lot easier and it's pretty much driving. But long story short is like they were moving slow. Manager came out, said move it along. They're like, all right, whatever. They're still moving slow. They called the the manager called the cops. The cops didn't engage because the manager was like, okay, they're moving. And then I guess they 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 started moving slow again. So then the the manager called the cops again. Cops came. The article doesn't disclose if they were asked to leave, if the cops made them leave, or if they left by themselves. Notwithstanding, the ladies who were golfing that day, they're they're suing the golf course, and um, it just pisses me off when uh, police is being used for uh, a tool of, of racial oppression. Whether it's like you hear those ridiculous calls about people calling the cops on, on black people for having a cookout or a barbecue, you know, or you you uh, this case it was golfing or. In my case, where someone's calling me a nigger, and uh, you know the cops are calling, coming to to my door, because because I'm an asshole for doing uh, like I did something wrong, and it's like um, while there people are getting fined for it, like the people who are making those ridiculous calls, I think you need to have more than that. Like they should not be being used as a tool uh, of oppression. That's just my rant. It pisses me off. Then. I, I think we gotta find a way that people cannot use. Hey, I'm just gonna call the cops and, and harass people. It's bullshit. Um, my question: What? Why did they? Uh, your neighbor, your, your neighbor, call the cops on you in the first place? I forgot why. Well, I live in like cardboard gardens. This place is like made of paper, so it's like no privacy. You can hear everything. If gotcha. just walking around, something drops, it's it's mad loud. Okay. Like. <laughs> I guess she got tired of, of that. I'm like, I'm clumsy, like things fall. And that's that. And like, they came, cops knocking on my door with, with all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, for my safety, I'm not opening up. Cause uh, I'm dealing with all, with all that. Nah, bro. But okay. So it's basically a noise complaint. Yeah. It's basically a noise complaint, but at the same time, <laughs> if anyone was, was verbally, uh, assaulted it, it was me and but at the same time i was being treated as if i'm guilty and that's not cool so i just think they need a harsher punishment we need to find a way that people can abuse that because it happens did somebody pass that in new york or somewhere yeah but like i said i think they get a fine for that yeah it's just like and i don't recall how much it is yeah, I remember <clears throat> such a such a law like that was passed, and, and perhaps it needs to be more aggressive. You should not be called. The bottom line is, you should be calling law enforcement if life, limb, or or property or something like that is threatened. You, you shouldn't be calling like my neighbor's smoking weed. Fuck off. My neighbor's making noise. Fuck off. Like there's black people at the park having a barbecue. Fuck off. Like if I was a dispatcher, like. Why are you, you, there's people playing golf and they're moving slow. You're going to bring a patrol, someone who's supposed to be uh, protecting, protecting lives, saying you're going to take a patrol off the street to deal with that shit. Get security, hire security, and then have them escorted if they're violating the policy. Like to have uh, law enforcement, that's ridiculous. 
But also, what people don't realize is they have a nine, they have a non-emergency line for law mm-hmm. enforcement too. I forgot what it's called, but every place has like non-emergency. You just call your local, your local law enforcement, your local police office desk. And they hook you up to the dispatch. Like as I mentioned, nine one one is for life, limb, <laughs> you know, or you know, property things, things of that fucking emergencies. Not for, because I do believe it was a nine one call that he did to get these people from for, for golf. Like that, that's just ridiculous. And uh, on, on, while we're on the subject of, of police and law enforcement, we might as well get right into uh, the the subject with the. Uh, the cop killed a black man wielding a baseball bat. So I'm gonna drop the clip right about here. So, in that clip, we've seen they really didn't show it chronologically, or you know, or, or even the shooting at the end. But you can see the events leading up to to the shooting. And I first saw this on Facebook on a political page that I interact and I troll time to time. You know, I troll, I troll the trolls and the, the racist fucks. But like, they're like, yeah this guy got what he deserves like we need to kill more people like that good job this cop deserves a medal i'm like hmm so the gentleman what do you say he's like 165 pounds 170 pounds yeah he wasn't a big guy he was wheeling the bat and i'm like okay so what about an escalation of force what about tasers? like they're like oh have fun playing batman you can kill someone with the bat. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm like, yeah, okay. So then I'll agree with you that a bat can be lethal. What is yes, the scenario? What is the scenario when a taser should be utilized? That is a scenario where a taser, I think it was utilized, but the guy, the cop had the taser out and his weapon out. Mm-hmm. Both out in the video. So then. Here's the thing, then we need to reevaluate our our less than lethal arsenals. Mm-hmm. I dare say they have less than lethal nine millimeter rounds. Like put the first round. Not all the not a whole clip of, of less than lethal of rubber bullets, but put the first round in. Hit them with that. And if like if that doesn't stop them, then you have lethal on deck. But like to go to escalate so quickly, and and that's another reason why it's a, uh, you know, encounters with 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 police can be terrifying, particularly for black males, because it's like the escalation of force goes zero to a hundred like real quick. Yeah. And like zero, five, twenty. It's like, oh, you getting loud? Blah. And that's all she wrote. You yeah. Know? It's like we emphasized this in the past. We totally need a. 
national universal use of force model. It can't have you like you in Tennessee. They can they can shoot at you for like having your fingers and your hands in your pocket. Oh, and this state, you know, they they can shoot at you for for wielding the baseball bat. You need a standard universal uh, uh, use of force model. That's just me. I can rant on that all day, but uh, it was a bit disturbing. Every time I, I see there's police shooting, it is a bit disturbing. But what are your thoughts? I mean, based like I said on the footage, the guy wasn't big, but it looked like he had something going on mentally or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're saying. Yeah. The, the the victim's family's lawyer is saying that he had mental health issues, which. I was starting to see more of a movement of cops having mental health professionals respond with them on scene to mm. diagnose certain situations. I like that. I do like I have, that. I have been seeing that a little more because you got people with autism or other things. Now oh, it's really? like, how do you keep them on high alert though? Because you know, cops are patrolling and everything. They're not like doing ride-alongs. Like, yo, yeah, I got exactly. psychiatrists in the back. Those, I could, but I do like that concept. Because it's, um, I do carry and harbor the theory that there are no criminals. They are just people who have uh, mental issues. Oh, hold on. Peace, I, IG Live. Thanks for watching. Oh, we, we hit an hour already? Yeah. Oh, man, time flies when you're on the podcast having fun. But, um, yeah, okay. like, I think there, there are no criminals. There are just people with mental illnesses. Like, sure. When you really, if you really dive deep into it, and um, any loss of life is uh, is traumatic, you know, like it, it should be avoided at all costs. And again, if it just means like putting a rubber bullet for the first bullet, you know, it's gonna hurt like hell. It's I, I assure you, it's gonna hurt like hell. You know, yeah. your mental. If you're on PCP, not so much. But come on, semi-automatic. First round goes off, you can get the second round off very, very quickly. So, and, and just watching the video, the dude wasn't that big, but the thing I, I've noticed is just the natural reaction. And the cop was bigger than the guy. Mm-hmm. First. It was a one-on-one encounter. Second yes, I'm looking at it, initially, one of his initial responses, that was his time to snatch the bat from the guy. Yeah. Like subdue him in that moment instead of waiting, tasing him, and then also having a service weapon out. Like he already made contact with the guy. That's the time you take him down. Once you had hands on him, take him down right there. But in my in my head watching the video, I'm like, yo, this dude wanted to catch a body under his belt. You know, because that's a badge of honor pun intended, for cops to get a righteous kill at work. Oh, yeah. And, and not saying all cops do it, but... This, uh, this guy. Yeah. It is a part of the culture. So we can all agree on that. I know there are good cops, but we're just saying that is part of catching a body on duty legally and getting away with it is a bad job. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't know, man. That that situation could have went a whole lot better. I heard bystanders trying to de-escalate. Yeah. Versus the cop was pretty calm. He wasn't really like how you put it, like belligerent or instigating like or anything. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, he was pretty oh. even kill, but I how he reacted wasn't even kill in my opinion. He started out right, 
but ended wrong in my opinion. So now, do you think there should be some more training to identify mental illnesses, potential mental illnesses among law? Yeah. yeah, I think so, but that is very tricky because I give credit to the cops; they do have to make split second decisions. And depending on what scenario you're rolling up on, mm-hmm. you don't know. Like it's, you gotta make, all right, I'm assessing the situation. What's the threat? What's going on? What am I, like, I can kind of understand, but I do think they should incorporate it, but it is a little tricky. I, I'll give cops credit on that one. I think it's, uh, again, I, I'm gonna go back to it that we are in the 21st century. And sure. we need to uh, need to have a long talk with uh, with DARPA, and um, pretty much they, they make weapons and technology for you know the United States government. Uh, but like we need to enhance our less than lethal arsenal. And we have that stuff too. Was it that uh, basically microwave gun make you vomit and stuff like that? I mean, that's like less a dish. Le- that's like a dish though. It's like a huge yeah. dish. Like uh, we had that in Camp Buka, Iraq. Like on some of the compound towers, like when the detainees would be rioting and stuff, you'd zap them with that. But it's like a huge dish. I'm talking about like a sidearm. I don't know, like, shoot, like some sort of electric pulse beam or something. That so could, like, something that pretty taser. much re- re- replace the taser, but is more effective. Yeah, I want something stronger than the taser, a little weaker than the nine mil. No. Gotcha. I got what you're saying. Like the rubber bullets is an example. Rubber bullets, yeah. But the thing is, you, you where is, and this is where I can see a lot of law enforcement would push back. And you know, we're we're former LE, former uh, warrior, war fighters. You know, tact- so we know tactics. But if the enemy has armor, i.e., bulletproof vests, what have you, less than lethal is going to be inefficient. Very true. And so that's where I think that's the obstacle you would face with uh, dealing with less than lethal with that you know if, if the the enemy or the suspect and, and in the case of uh, you know law enforcement they have armor but I, that's something i really would like to see is like okay cool taser's not doing the job what the fuck do you even have it for if it can't take uh down a guy a 160 pound guy you're not gonna take down no 300 uh no 300 pound guy so yeah. it's almost like you're saying, yo, SOP, standard operating procedures. If this guy is more than 180, shoot the kill, because that taser ain't gonna be shit. So like um we we need to reevaluate that and that and make more effective weapons, less than lethal weapons. Well things like this in the future. It's ironic because like I showed you earlier this week that the Raleigh, North Carolina Police Department was listening to our law enforcement episode from season one on the podcast. <laughs> they actually listened to it. They, uh, I think I showed you that. I think you did. It was uh, one of the audios though, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Was and, it the uh, LA? Huh? Was it the LE one? Yeah. Interesting. Damn. I'm curious to see their thoughts. I I I, I'm really curious say, too. I thought we were delicate. We adjusted. We adjusted uh, very well. We yeah, had some radical ideas, but uh, you know, it is what it is. God bless the First Amendment. Feel free to be offended. But, uh, I don't know. I was thinking of the myth. Well, not myth, but the stereotype that black people are less likely to feel pain, and we're considered hum- superhuman. So. <laughs> I was looking at um, that video thinking of that, 
this guy is smaller, but because he's a black male, he's considered less likely to feel pain and superhuman. So well, automatically the threat goes to me. Huh? I mean, and, and I do consider myself somewhat superhuman, but like, I feel pain in, like the next man. You know, like, where do you think that, uh, that myth or, that's or years of something history. comes from? That comes from slavery, man. When they used to do all the experiments, medical experiments, whipping, mm -hmm. all that, that's where it comes from. So that's been passed through the generations. Hey, black people don't feel pain or you can you can look at the mortality rates of black women when they have kids like when they complain about pain doctors have a conscious bias that black women don't feel pain like a white woman or other ethnic groups we are seen as superhuman even like a 12 year old boy like is seen as an adult we're yeah. seen as adults as youth so we're automatically a threat and this goes for women and children you know not just black males like all of us are seen as superhuman or above average or whatever as far as like physically and pain tolerance well again i emphasize that they're they're not going to give us land like we build a artificial island you know and make superhuman land or something <laughs> i don't know because it's like again it's you're not gonna it'll take millennia to mm -hmm. reverse that stigma reverse that culture and the awesome kumbaya yeah it will it's like um i'm still ambivalent over the reporting of the coronavirus hitting the black community the hardest absolutely i am too and because more i'm even more ambivalent on the conspiracy theory that it's like being done deliberately to uh you know to wipe us out but there was evidence where you you know you pointed out those white supremacist groups who had it were deliberately uh spreading it in, in black communities so yeah. i don't i don't know man but, I don't know. America, we got to do better globally. We got to do America. Better. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Upgrade world. Season three comes soon. <laughs> but uh, that was our, any more thoughts on this topic? I think we covered that horse until it's like horse shredded, like horse meat or whatever happens with the horse. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got on that, man. But I guess um, we're transitioning into what? What is the middle class in 2020? Yeah. So why don't you answer your own question? Okay. What is the cl middle class in 2020? So I looked up quick research, CNN business. Um, basically, middle middle class is from 46,000, almost 47,000 to 140,000. Really? That's kind of the range of middle class. Income what definition is that? Um, this is five different ways that economists, federal agencies, and even the White House measure, characterize the middle class. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of everybody. Um, let's see. Where's the oh. thing? While they're saying 40,000 is middle class, I dare say it is damn near poverty wages yeah. 
And here's what sucks about making 40,000 is as I mentioned, it's damn near poverty wages, but you're not eligible for food stamps. You're not eligible for welfare. So yeah, you're just sure. scraping by and you know, um, and you're not really making it. So I totally disagree on, um, on, on their price range for the middle class. But I got another one. So ah. it's another chart. This probably is more in line with what you're describing. So it says NYU professor Edward Wolf for mm-hmm. instance, defines the middle class as the middle three fifths of the wealth spectrum. Which is, uh, let's see, yeah. Three-fifths so, of the wealth spectrum, you're saying. Huh? So you're meaning three-fifths of the wealth spectrum. So you're talking about from the lower mm-hmm. the lower spectrum to, like, let's just say 10,000 to uh, people making billions. So, so three-fifths of that is fair. He was saying zero to 401,000. And it's really going off of your debt. Hmm. Debt to like basically debt, savings, investment. Um, And debt to like, it looks like debt to income ratio. It's kind of how he was looking at it. I still disagree with that. And then there's another one that says, (laughs) uh, based off of consumption, Notre Dame professor, James X Sullivan, I think that's kind of cool name, says, including spending on food, transportation, entertainment, housing, and other items, excluding healthcare expenses, education, which would be considered investments. He's going off of consumption. It defines the middle class as middle three-fifths of spending, which is 38,000 to 49,000 would be considered the middle class. But how do you define middle class? Boom, this last part reminds me of middle class. I feel like you are middle class if you can pay all your bills, your mm-hmm. light bill, all that stuff, with no problems every month. You own some kind of real estate. House, condo, townhome, you own some kind of actual you real estate. Own like you have it paid off. Not necessarily. I mean, that's one step. But if you're able to afford some kind of real estate, mm-hmm. meaning you have equity, meaning you have more access to capital for investment, wealth, yeah. stuff like that, I feel like you can do that. You can go on a vacation every year, no problem. And you can afford a couple of luxuries. I think you are more middle class. Debt ranges that varies but middle class meaning you can afford the home you live in you can afford your bills every month you can afford to go on vacation that is middle class to me so i i want to rebut back but i want to ask you a question first do you know the cutoff for the stimulus check like how much you had to once you made a certain amount you couldn't receive the stimulus check i think it was like 70 something thousand something like that as far higher from that, it was either ninety, it's like ninety-three thousand to like a hundred thousand, hundred plus thousand people. They still receive stimulus checks. I only say this is to say that this coronavirus, this this COVID nineteen, this crisis, whatever, it showed America and the world 
that one disruption of, of payment of a check can you know ruin your whole day. Yeah. And just like people making forty thousand are living check to check. People with like making a hundred thousand, they're still living check to check, but they're just balling out on, on more high end things. So there's there's a guy like named uh, Grant Cardone, and he's like a real estate investor. He talks about flipping and making money, and he just with some motivational talks that I, I tune in time to time. And one night I was listening to him, he was saying like, he said millionaires are bums. I, I said like, what? Like, I'm not even a hundred thousand there. Like, what you what you trying to say? <laughs> so I was like, I wanted to hear what he had to say to sit here and break it down, and why he said millionaires are bums, and not banging bums like you know. But he would he also said that the the millionaire is the new middle class, and he put it to, he broke it down like this. He said, like a lawsuit, you have a million dollars. You think that's a lot of money until you really start breaking it down. A million dollars may or may not buy you a brownstone in Brooklyn. That's a house. Yeah. So a million dollars may or may not cover. You know, it could get wiped out in, in a in a lawsuit. As soon as you have assets, you get into some sort of lawsuit. Oh, mm-hmm. people are gonna hit you for all you got. Yeah. You know, a million dollars gets wiped out like that. Coronavirus. This puts into perspective medical bills the number one reason why people go bankrupt in america is from medical bills so boom you got a million dollars serious medical problem you can you can blow all that and you know in a day and even to get a comfortable life a million dollars it sounds like it is but it's uh it's really not so the breakdown and there's some a lot of financial analysts said that 13 mil is about this is about a safe spot but at the same time there are a lot of millionaires um, let's google that right now okay but there are a lot of millionaires in, in america and it's like for me personally i would say that's the middle class because forty thousand, nah, even eighty thousand is like you know if it because here's the thing you get an eighty thousand and you live in the city you live in new york city that's that's something mm-hmm. You're, you're living very, it can be very difficult. When you're talking about parking, a parking garage is 600 bucks a month. I'm not owning a car in New York City, I'm telling you that. You know, and I'm just saying, so let's see how many million. Here. Yeah, that's that's But I can also push back and say, depending on how you live, will also determine how far that money will go. So if you have no debt, you're driving that Camry that you paid off yeah, I'm, I'm, I totally agree with you on that. But I was saying, I'm talking about contingencies. Okay. Contingencies. Like, just listen, like, as I mentioned, lawsuits, medical bills, like mm-hmm. those contingencies, uh, a million dollars will get wiped out. But yes, I agree. You could stress a million dollars, a million, a million ways, you know, if you're living a different lifestyle. But here's the, the stat on there. There are 18.6 million millionaires in America. So let's call that... Um, Five percent, something like that, right? Yeah, America is like uh, they're like millionaires. So I would dare say the rest of us live in in utter poverty. Yeah, and this is for first world American standards, Western standards, because we know now if you look globally, we're in we're in the one percent. Our poverty 
what we consider poverty is one percent globally. Oh yeah, definitely. Our poorest of our poorest was like kings compared yeah. to people in, in terms Absolutely. of so like pardon me being bougie by saying like, you know, like millionaires is middle class, but when you really look at it on, on a grander perspective, like that's or at least that's how I I interpret it. And we're gonna like, say first world perspective, because we're first world. So yes, I agree with you. And that gap is I want to say that that number is growing higher, but the gap of people making less is is getting crazy too. And oh yeah, it's <laughs> there's more billionaires being created, which means there's less money out for the rest of everyone else, you know, to have, and that's it's, it's kind of frightening because there's more wealth is being concentrated in the hands of few. And you know what we're having poverty is it's it's grown out there, and that me personally and our first world perspective, I think that's the that's the, the new middle class. So you saying millionaires? I like I said, middle class to me is how I define it. Is you have some kind of real estate, mm-hmm. comfortably can pay your bills, you got savings. You can take a vacation every year and you can afford like maybe a couple of luxuries here and there. Oh man, I was gonna say the same thing could be said on someone making like thirty thousand. They could comfortably pay their bills. The main thing would be missing would probably be the real estate. But I wouldn't I still wouldn't compare uh, couldn't still wouldn't call them middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very strange times we're in and um that the class system seems to be shifting and it's something we need to be aware of and also you know ensure there's 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 a safety net for the the growing poverty that's in america me personally i would like to eliminate it through means of technology but not everyone seems to share my vision <laughs> let's roll into the um i suppose let's drop the video right here Uh, for the people who are live, they're like, what the hell is this guy doing? When I edit it, I'm going to put a video clip in right about here. And it's talking about, um, <laughs> is there a vaccine for uh, the coronavirus? Because some people in the White House seem to think so. So yeah, let's drop the clip right here. Boom. So what do you think that was about? How did you interpret that uh, the dialogue in that video? Initially, it sounded like they already had the fucking vaccine. I think they do. Yeah. Um, did you read more into the story? Because I really didn't, to be honest. 
I just saw I the watched the video and then I, I I watched it again on Rogan's podcast and they went into it as well and then they gave some further insight. But like, I'm a I like to consider myself a logical guy. But when you okay. see all the reporters, yeah, they seem to be social distancing. But at the same time, they're still pretty close to to the president, the leader of the free world. No one's wearing masks. No one's wearing masks, man. No one. And they're they're standing, they're seeing each other every single day. So it's like another thing you got to consider: asymptomatic people can still transmit the bug. True. I mean, like even if these reporters are getting a thermometer up their butt every single day before they come to the White House to ensure they don't have a fever. Or anything else like that, they could still be transmitting the bug, and and I don't want to uh, underestimate the the White House, but I don't think they're doing blood work. Yeah. Every morning before these press conferences, okay, let's check the lab results. You guys are clear. You can go in for the press meeting. I don't think that's occurring every day, but they say lead by example. Our leaders aren't wearing masks. They're not doing all that shit. So sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And then we talk about patented COVID nineteen. Just the the actual virus, like patents from like 2000, from patents far before the crisis, you know. And it, it's just something to speculate. I wouldn't be surprised if they had the virus. I mean, the vaccine. Well, that's usually one of the first things you do with what even making biological weapons is. You start off with the vaccine or the cure <laughs> as you're developing the virus. Wasn't that a theme in Resident Evil, where like the guys, the bad guys, had the they had the vaccine, mm-hmm. but like they still managed to get like eat killed by zombies. Like they didn't turn into zombies. I didn't see it years ago. I didn't see it, but huh? I seen it years ago. I could be wrong. Okay. I I haven't seen Resident Evil. I'm very aware of the franchise and everything because mm-hmm. I remember the video games growing up. Oh, but um. Very well, very good job on uh, producing those films. I think you'd admire them. I gotta watch it during the day. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't watch it like that before I go to sleep. It does because my oh. imagination goes wild. So it is one of those. It is one of those movies, and yeah. you know too much, and you know the military has contingency plans for for zombies. Yes. So, As like, we yeah. discussed in our Halloween episode in season one of Upgrade America, but go ahead. Hey, that was a that was a classic. I know, yeah. Damn. Come That's on, just way. I don't know, man. It's just I would not be surprised. It would be kind of. I don't want to say it would be sad, but it would make me think if they're. I'm like, okay, you guys got a vaccine. It would make me want to go a little further down the rabbit hole. Okay. Yeah. So to tie this in. Uh, mm-hmm. interesting uh dynamic in michigan fbi raided this place called allure let me see allure medical in shelby township mm-hmm. they raided them because of the claims that they're curing covid with intravenous vitamin c for non-hospitalized patients of covid I- i'm assuming that's what they're saying but my thing is, why would you raid something that's working for people if we're trying to eliminate a virus in the first place? Maybe just because, like, 
if you're selling it as like a COVID cure, there could be some a gray legal area in that. But, but like, they, were, uh, they were saying like basically, if you treat the patients on the early onset of say COVID, they recover way quicker by using this method. Essentially, what I was looking at is you cutting out the middleman, the emergency room, you're cutting oh, out and all this. Helping, uh, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be helping people, like particularly the emergency rooms? But this is a common procedure prior to COVID. I believe uh, Simon from American Idol, mm-hmm. the, the British dude, he yeah. used to do that like all the time. Like he would get the eye intravenous uh, vitamin C into him. So I was like, I don't see how that's a uh, why it's worth. I, the only reason I could see is like if they had a false claim of some sort of cure or something. I think it. I think it was something like how they worded it, tipped off somebody, and the FBI was like, "What? Wait a minute, we're running up in here to see what's up." So did and- any charges come down? Task force raided the spot. Um, see, Dr. Charles Mott, the founder of Allure Medical, is providing high dose intravenous vitamin C therapy to all his essential workers in Michigan, saying it's been used in hospitals around the country. So he's saying they're doing this shit in hospitals anyway. And I, I hear uh, the mention of vitamin C too. So that I, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. But at the same time, I need more data on that. Yeah, it says the raid was in connection connection to a questionable treatment for coronavirus that's being offered at the center. So that's why the FBI came in. Joint task force operation with the Department of Health and Human Services. Interesting. It said they're participating in the raid or they wore special PPE by raiding together. Obviously, evidence, documents, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think that's a very fascinating case. I'm really curious to see what comes of it. I am as well. And um, the fact that it's uh, getting federal attention is its very interesting. That's another uh, step through the rabbit hole or down the rabbit hole. I do yes. want to read off some of these headlines. Real okay. Quick. Uh, we're, we're, we're running a little bit low on, on time. Okay. Okay. So one that really caught my attention was states are filing for bankruptcy. Okay. And um, what does that mean? Do the feds acquire the state or can they be bought privately? I know CJ, you mentioned something about the potential foreign investors, but when they ask the state, is they saying, yo, we ran out of money. They're, They're acting like a business that's going bust. Like, what do you think that means? I don't know, but America, how I have, I've read certain things that say America is for sale mm-hmm. to the highest bidder. So it's in. It, it, I mean, the presidency is. America is a is a corporation, and each state is its own business. You said what's so, its own business? No, each state is considered. How I look at America is each state is their own business. America is, itself is like a conglomerate of those businesses, basically. They're like the commissioner. So to speak, yeah. all the uh, all the other little, the fifty little businesses. I can yeah, see, so. but again, if they're going bankrupt, what does that mean? Like, I no state operations, state operations, and things of that nature. I know. Did Michigan go? The did Detroit go bankrupt? 
a few years ago. The city went bankrupt. The city, but I guess that would be an example of what it looked like. Uh-huh. And I know, like, I thought a lot of, like, Magic Johnson and a lot of private investors were going up, buying up pieces of Detroit. Could be wrong. Yeah. But go ahead, keep talking. I was just going to try oh, to no, look. I'm just reading over that one. That's something we can uh, gloss over a little bit later. Um, right now in America, the U.S. is using drones to police citizens. So that was a bit <laughs> shocking. We talked about this on aviation, how the plan is to use autonomous, meaning automatic drones flying around that would potentially be having uh, weapons and, and guns and stuff. But right now they're just being used to uh, identify people who are breaking uh, the stay-at-home orders and also to they have audio on there to where they can shout at them and tell them to go back to their their homes it's um it's just weird that they are using technology to uh, they're using this technology in this crisis and they rolled it out pretty fast any thoughts on that uh it's coming uh oh, domestic home program is coming i know it's been going on in virginia on 95 for years um shout out to the intelligence agency in virginia I've yeah, <laughs> been doing that because if you notice, if you drive I-95 like I have pretty much my whole life, mm -hmm. uh, once you hit Virginia, your speed is monitored by aircraft. They don't say drones, they say aircraft. Is that they have signs that say that? Yes. I haven't yeah. noticed that. I went to DC a couple times. My my aunt who's watching now, it's the only she's, she's out in that, that area. But, yeah. Uh, she said they're locked down pretty hard too. Like uh, you will get a speeding it's, ticket. It's no very problem. strict. Yeah, well, I think nice. the speed limit is like sixty going through Virginia. Something crazy, like low. So yeah, that's just an example. Like the shit's been here, but I think it's gonna expedite with this. Just get ready for it. Unfortunately, okay. I will say this: it's coming, and the technology is available. It's gonna be utilized. Yeah. Um, since we just mentioned aeronautics. Might as well discuss uh, the wonderful. Let's show them, show them the hat real quick. Boop, boop. U.S. Air Force. So the U.S. Air Force is taking no chances. More or less, just glossing over this headline. They're saying even if the entire world returns to normal tomorrow, they're still going to pr keep practicing social distancing and doing uh, operating how they are now. Because I get it. There's a lot of sensitive uh, equipment, ordnance, and aircraft you know that we have to uh we have to take into consideration with uh with the air force so them they're they're not taking any chances i do want to get into the meat and potatoes where i think this will be the headline of, yeah. of this episode is obama's third term i know everybody's the music sound like what obama's third term that's impossible well here, here's how, how i i see it there was an article where they mentioned that joe biden said he would be happy to have michelle obama as a uh, you know as a vice president so i'm like okay that's cool so it's no secret that you know biden is in bad shape but he does make an excellent placeholder so let let's face it the democrats would vote for for a sweet potato as long as it wasn't trump but let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's sweeten uh, the deal that went, that went everywhere when you said that <laughs> we just dropped that line but go ahead but it's like <laughs> Let's sweeten the deal. You add Michelle Obama, well-educated, well-spoken, very lovely lady, very beautiful as well. And she's been in the White House for eight years, so she has that experience as first lady. Boom, you have first female vice president. Boom, you have the first you have the first black vice president. History is made with the Obamas once again. 
But wait, there's more. There's more. Here's the kicker. While Michelle has the charisma and the experience to be the VP, she brings something very unique to the table. What, what, what's, what's that camera, Rob? She brings back Barry, man. Barry's back in the White House. So here's what you got to consider. It's, it's, it's an, a, Barack Obama is still the president. He's still a president of the United States. He still has a security clearance. He still gets daily CIA briefings, you know, on what's going on with the world. I dare say he's cleared to, he has the same clearance as Joe Biden. So Joe's falling apart. <laughs> Who's to say Obama couldn't, you know, even if he's, Biden is still the face of the country, Obama could still push buttons from behind the shadows and ultimately it could be his third term. You think about how much um, political power Dick Cheney wielded during the Bush administration. You know, the- uh, I gotta watch those movies too. It was too- It, it was actually a really excellent movie. Uh, Cheney's movie was, was, was really good. Yeah, I'm but gonna check that. He wielded a lot of political power from the shadows. And I, yeah. I, I dare say uh, Barack, if he so desired, could do the same thing. And right now it seems like that's what our country needs if they're not going to take Cameron Roth to upgrade America, I suppose that'd be the next best thing. Will they take that approach? Who could say? What do you think, CJ? It's an interesting dynamic. It's a movie called Long Shots, I believe, with Cameron, uh, no, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Rogen, yeah, yeah. Plays, which plays on this dynamic of the man being the first man instead of the first lady, because mm -hmm. she's a senator that becomes president, but he's yeah. a so they play on the dynamics of how that would play out but you do bring in something interesting that barry can be in the background why not have that counsel for michelle say biden falls apart michelle takes over boom you got built-in eight years of experience on both sides you yes, got it yes. as the first lady like you described and you got presidential experience right here plus she ticks off another box she'll be the first woman to be in the presidential uh, executive branch. So I, I, I said uh, first female vice president. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. I, I was... And also first black uh, vice president. Yeah. So we will check two, two boxes, making history once more. But I think, yeah. like, I don't know. Like I said, these, you and I, we are proud independents, mm -hmm. you know, but these polarized people are so blindly bound to their political parties that they will, Biden goes up and spouts nonsense from his mouth. I mean, I do it two times a time, but this guy, he's, he's pretty, yeah, he's pretty bad. and they're just like, yeah, he's so awesome. He's so great. He's going to beat Trump. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the only way I could see it happen. I think. I would be interested to see what her policies are independent of Barry and Biden. Say she took over. I'd be curious to know her policies and how would she lead the independent nation. Independent of, of, of Barry and Biden. So you don't think her husband would have any influence on her? I will say yes, but I view her as very strongly independent thinking based on watching her. I'm not saying I his I could see her actually spearheading like, nah, I'm gonna do it my way. I watched her do it for eight years. I'll, I'll tap you when I need some assistance or some guidance. I'm gonna do this shit my way. I can yeah, see her doing that, you know. I, I, uh, I totally see her, t you know, staring at 
her direction. But mm -hmm. um, the president's job is probably the hardest, one of the hardest jobs in America. True. Like, everyone hates you. Even if you're great, someone is going to hate you. Like, and they're going to yeah. hate you hard. And yeah. um, I could say I could see it being a two-person job. And her having her husband there, like, she has or some things that she would know how to handle. But, like, COVID, you'd want all the experience you could muster. And I'm, I'm almost, like, shocked that, um, you know, Trump's not talking to Obama, like, yo, like, you want all the, the, the advice you could get. I don't know. That's just me personally. Bipartisanship aside. I would I would be fascinated to see that, though. I would be honest and say I'd be really curious to see how she would lead the country. Um, I think Biden for Biden, that's a power move. I would go with that if I was him. Like as, I, I would too. You know, would, like, yeah. that's, that's the only way I could see like you really having a chance in hell against Absolutely. Trump. His his supporters are hard body. If Trump yeah. told them to like, yo, go out and like commit atrocities, like they would tear stuff up. And um, they they ride or die for him. It, it, like particularly going to the poll. Don't yeah. worry, flesh-eating bacteria. Just come to the poll and vote. They would still do it. They'd risk their lives to do it. Yeah, so, um, yeah. We've seen examples, so I'm I'm really curious on that. And also, like you brought up, the dynamic of having a former president back in the White House as the first man. Yes. Well, no, 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 not really. He'd be the second man because technically, uh, you know, Biden would still be president. Well, no, I'm just saying if it had played out hypothetically, we're oh Michelle. yeah, you're really counting on him, on Biden to. Nah, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just playing hypothetical. Like the president's highway. doing an address in his underwear again. Yo, get, get, get him out of here, Michelle. Yeah. But I think that would be a, a way to gain supporters if you say strongly. And then I know Michelle didn't like it because all the kids. The kids growing up. That's why yeah, she yeah. didn't want Obama to do the years. But now that they're both basically adults, mm -hmm. this opens up an interesting window for her where she can be like, hey, you know, I might want to take a shot at this because even if, say, she were to fail, I'm sure she can get a Senate seat somewhere. Nah, like if she's VP and say, no, I'm like, saying, go ahead. Oh, you're saying if she does, if Biden didn't get elected? Yes, she definitely can get a Senate seat, no problem. Yo, if. The clout that that name carries, and you know, just the the amount that was emphasized on on Obama and Hope, just having that name, Biden Obama on the ticket, I'm sure people would go nuts. I'm still voting for myself, but like, I'm sure the people would eat it up. But absolutely, if that they, would be if the way. They really, if if uh, the Democrats are serious about it, they need to uh, negotiate with Michelle Obama and try to get her on that ticket because you can pick her and you pick anyone lined up kamala harris is is like no one, no one cares about her like you know if, if you really want to make it you really want to beat trump donald trump i think that that would be their best move and you know would it be uh barack obama's third term who could say but i, I think, think it's a very interesting 2020. And then I would pick all the candidates, pick them for their area expertise for their cabinet. The cabinets? Mm. Win, win, win. I like, I see where you're at with that too. Yeah. That's interesting, but maybe it's just the independent in me. Like I, I want diversity and I just want 
partisism. Like just having, you know, that's true too. Polarized. Yeah. But what, what sucks I, is what sucks is you don't see any GOP candidates. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, but they it seems like to be tradition that it's just like yo and, and who, who who in their right mind would try to would want to go up against Trump and in, in, in the GOP. I've heard there's like a, a few, but it's like you don't even know who they are. Let alone like the so whole you, time. But I don't know. I think, like I said, if you guys are really serious about this, Democrats, like, yeah. offer her a deal. Offer her a deal. Because it's like, <laughs> if anything, it would reassure the voters. Because they're like, they have little, when they really comes out, they have little confidence in Joe. But if they have <laughs> a powerful name behind her, behind him, and they have, they know that her husband is coming to, to the house as well. Yeah. But, you know, just a thought. But yeah, I think uh, we coming close to the, to our timeline. But um, that was a very awesome discussion. Yeah, because, uh, we covered covered a lot. I learned a lot, and I hope you guys did too. If you learned anything of value, you know, you you enjoyed the show, like give us a like, share it, subscribe it. Everybody watching live, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Enjoying it. We're gonna be going live every Sunday by eleven thirty. And then we're going to drop the podcast, you know, the, the mixed down recorded version with the music, special effects, all that. It's going to come out Tuesday afternoonish. My machine has been giving me some uh, some issues. You know, it's been taking a bit longer to mix down the podcast. So if yeah. anybody wants to donate a MacBook or a MacBook Pro, like, you know, my own, <laughs> holla at your boy. We, we, we use the support. But, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, we love this, you know. We, 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 we're doing it for y'all, but we, I'm doing it for myself too because I, I love this, man. Learning new topics, presenting it, and you know, getting it out there to the people. But yeah, stay woke, stay safe, and you know, stay blessed. Enjoy your day, night, wherever you're at in the world. And stay tuned for the latest, greatest episode of Upgrade America, Greatest Show on Earth. Peace. Peace.